0: We are now moving into the time in our service, friends, where we get to learn and swim in the waters of God's word. Our scripture passage for this morning comes to us from the second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 9, verses 6 through 11. Let's hear the word of God together. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of need and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through this, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Friends, thanks be to God for this gift of the word for us. Amen.
1: Would you pray with me? Gracious God, indeed, we do give you thanks and praise for your word, for the wisdom that is contained therein. Lord, we thank you for uh, the time we have together, together, to learn from your word, to grow uh, from, from all that we're able to uh, attend to this morning. Lord, I ask that you would uh, remove me from this space so that all that is left is you pray that you would open our eyes that we would see our ears that we would hear open our minds that we would come to know and understand your word and your and your will open our hearts that we would feel its power then by your grace I ask oh God that you would open our hands that we would offer grace to the world we offer this in Jesus name amen let me get, begin by uh, inviting us uh, just a moment of reflection from you Uh For those of you that were with us last week, we uh, uh, dove into one of the less uh, favorite spiritual disciplines uh, that that many of us uh, know of and rarely engage in, the spiritual discipline of fasting. And uh, I I had some of you tell me on the way out in the Commons that, that that uh, you had been convicted in one way, shape, or form, that you were going to actually try it, and that you had never fasted before, and so you were going to try this for the first time. Uh, For any of you, whether it was your first time or your hundredth time to engage in a fast, if you did, uh, I would love uh, to hear your story. I would love to hear your story of fasting. And uh, So I'll be around the commons uh, after worship. Uh, I'd love to hear uh, what God revealed to you in your fast. You know, because we we said that that, that God has a word to offer us uh, when we fast, if we would just listen. Uh, This week is kind of a unique opportunity for me because uh, oftentimes whenever we find ourselves on topics like this... Uh, we find ourselves in seasons of stewardship the church calls it seasons of stewardship which is whenever the church is preparing to uh, to to raise funds to uh, work together uh, to to fund an annual budget that will reach out in mission and ministry to the world Uh, but we're not doing that today Uh, oftentimes whenever we talk about things uh uh, like we find in this passage in Second Corinthians, we're we're focused on e- either tithing or we're focused on pledging, we're focused on uh, immediate needs, and we're making some sort of ask. And there's an ask that is that is readily available for you. But I have no ask for you today, uh, uh, not on behalf of Covenant. Uh, so I'm really excited, actually, about this opportunity because uh, it, it it doesn't come with with any sort of. Uh, of hook and i'm not reeling you in all i'm doing is uh proclaiming god's word and the spiritual discipline of generosity that each and every one of us are called to engage in and we're going to put forth uh, a a basic premise and we're going to begin with it we're going to close with it uh but but in between we're just going to see if we could prove it uh that that whenever we give there's a blessing In fact, I want you to to, to think about it this way. Uh, When done right, generosity will always result in a blessing. Now we think about it backwards oftentimes a lot of times we think about I'm going to give this and then it's going to come back to me in this way uh but but actually the scripture is talking to us a lot about how when we give there's a harvest there's a fruit there's something that's born from the generosity that we give uh, and and there there's fruit in us and there's fruit in in what takes place uh, through our generosity out in the world and so so whenever we offer this as a foundational principle that, that there's there's blessing in generosity uh we might have to reassess how we approach generosity in the first place. Some of us have been told, or been coerced, or been convinced uh, falsely that generosity is like this, 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 uh, this. This slot machine that always has a return, like this guaranteed 120% payout slot machine that does not exist, amen? Like if you've been to Vegas, you know that the slot machine does not produce 120%. And so uh, we've been told in some way, shape, or form that some prosperity gospel, if we just give, we'll pull the the slot machine handle and we're going to get just a little bit more back. You know, we're going to give 100, we're going to get 110. Woo, boy, we're going to get 110. That sounds good to me. Man, that is not how generosity works. So we got to backtrack off, we got to pull away from this false sense of what that blessing looks like, but still hold fast and hold true to God's word that proclaims to us that there is a harvest, there is a blessing in our generosity. I remember um right around 2005, 2000 and Six. I was at a gathering of the Texas Annual Conference. Now, this is a gathering of about uh, 2,500, 3,000 people. A bunch, a bunch, a bunch of pastors. So you don't really want to be there. And a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of lay leaders of churches, which would make you want to be there because lay leaders are awesome. That's that's members from churches that go and and represent God's people. Well, uh, at this space. And so uh, I remember we were were gathered together, and uh, and it was right around the time that there was a huge push. Uh, to address the issue of malaria in Africa do you remember that time in your lives whenever whenever we heard about how how malaria was killing millions of people across the continent of Africa a, 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 a preventable disease a disease that that is largely dead in our context and yet was killing millions of people across the continent of Africa and so uh, th- there was this initial that the Gates Foundation put together uh, along with United Methodists around the world, and it was called Nothing But Nets. And, and the idea was that these, malaria, uh, these malaria-carrying mosquitoes only bite at night. And so at night, if we would cover the beds of those that, that lived in the continent of Africa with these, with these uh, nets, these nets that would prevent uh, malaria-infested mosquitoes from biting, then we could save lives. A profound concept. A uh, profoundly successful concept, actually, as the, the deaths in the continent of Africa by malaria went down drastically over the course of a decade. Miraculous. But I remember at annual conference, that this initiative was presented, and, and we were gathered together, and, and, and we just heard this report on it, and we were invited to engage in it. And, and, and this was like this new thing that the Texas Annual Conference was going to be about. We were going to be about nothing but ne- we are going to hope that it was going to get in different congregations, and it was going to just move uh, across, uh, across East Texas as a way that we could be a ministry to our brothers and sisters in Africa. And uh, something interesting happened right after the presentation. Someone came to the microphone. I believe it was Mike Mayhew. I believe he was the pastor uh, in Livingston at the time. He came to the microphone and said, I haven't asked anybody from my church. But the Spirit has moved me to come to this microphone today and say, that Livingston United Methodist Church is going to give $20,000 to nothing but nets. And he just went and sat down. And everybody clapped and rejoiced. And then there was this kind of wave of movement. And, and all the big dogs came out. In the Methodist circles, there's some big dogs, all right? Now now you're talking about Kirby John Colwell from Windsor Village, and there, is, uh, there was Jim Moore from St. Luke's Houston, and there was uh, uh, Jim Jackson from Chapelwood, and Memorial Drive showed up, and St. Paul showed up, and they all came to the microphone one after another, and they just walk up, and they to the microphone, and they would say, uh, uh, from St. Paul's, $100,000. No, seriously, they were, they were throwing around $100,000 bills from their congregation without even asking. I would not do that, X.B. Cox. <laughs> okay. That, he's our finance chair. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, so, so they, they, they $100,000. I got $100,000. Who else has $100,000? It was like a bidding war. It was magnificent. But then what was interesting, there was a, there was a moment that, that a uh, two moments that I really want to highlight. One, after a couple of these $100,000 bills, someone came up to the microphone, another one of the big dogs, and said, I'll give uh, $100,000 from my church if this other church also gives $100,000. And then that pastor came to the microphone. And, and I have to tell you, there was, a, there was a difference, like a stark difference in that moment. There was, a, there was a difference in tone, a difference in energy, enthusiasm, and passion. And that pastor also pledged $100,000. But as, 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 a, as a peon, little, little, little bitty nothing observer, I thought to myself, I don't know if that was really generosity, because I really don't know if they wanted to do that. It proceeded, it went on a little bit, and then a, cu- a couple of moments later, um, the bishop had begun to move on to the next item of business, and so we were going to, like, okay, and they're, like, they like they, they recorded all the pledges, mind you. So all, all the pledges were in and recorded. And we were moving on with business. And then there was a lay leader from a a small East Texas church. I wish, by God's grace, I could remember her name and the church's name, but I have not been able to. And she came to the microphone and she said, Bishop, we've heard a lot of miraculous offerings and pledges from our brothers and sisters at some incredibly faithful, magnificent churches in Houston. And I'm wondering if it would be okay if, if you received a pledge from us as well. Our church is going to pledge $10,000. I don't know how we're going to do it because we're a small church. But by God's grace, we're going to do that. I pledge $10,000. The lay leader, From the church so they're gonna do that and that that to me that was like another like oh you know like like my spirit had been revived something magnificent had happened because i had just witnessed generosity in its fullest most beautiful most magnificent form just a humble person coming and saying i know it's not as much and i know it's not going to be the wow and the ooh and the ah but i but it's here it's here for for you, God to your glory use it. You know what generosity when you see it right uh and generosity doesn't deal with uh with with amounts uh it, it deals uh in spiritual realms right it it it's not it's not constrained by the the numbers or the number of digits on. A check, but but it's more about heart and about spirit and about call. God can do incredible things through our generosity. And you know, whenever I think about uh, I think about this sermon, I think about maybe the the need to uh, to look at this scripture backwards. You know, this scripture uh, comes to us, and it's a, it's a, it's a guideline in, in large part that, that teaches us so much about uh, what it is that generosity looks like. But the very last verse that we read today is actually where I have to start. The, the last verse, verse 11, uh, says, says this. Uh, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us your generosity will resort, result in thanksgiving to God. Your generosity will result through us in thanksgiving to god so paul finds himself in the midst of a capital campaign Uh, he is raising funds for the expansion of early church ministry across uh, the the roman empire the greco-roman world and 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 he uh, ha, has met with the church in Corinth and he's talked with them and he's presented uh, all of the things that the resources will be used for in order to bear fruit uh, for the sake of Jesus Christ out in the world and so he presents all of this in detail uh, to the church in Corinth and they respond back saying we're ready we're eager we want to do this we're all on board we have a pledge that we're going to make and so then he leaves he leaves and the pledge hadn't been fulfilled yet the pledge has been made but it hadn't been fulfilled and so he leaves and he continues on his ministry and so he he talks about their pledge he talks about their witness of faithfulness faithfulness uh, on his travels and he finds himself in macedonia and and he's with the macedonians and and whenever he's there with the macedonians he says hey let me tell you about this church in corinth oh my gosh the lord is moving in their midst the lord has moved powerfully and the lord is moving in their generosity as well praise god for the generosity their generosity is gonna bear fruit and I'm so thankful for it and so then he he has this moment and it's almost I wonder if it's a moment of question or concern or or did I overpromise right like 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 I've been I've been preaching on their pledge for a minute and, uh, and so I got I to, gotta like, 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 go back and, like, confirm, did I hear them right? Like, w- was it correct? Was it accurate? And so, and so he, he writes them a letter back. And then this letter, the letter has many different things that it's accomplishing. But, but then it also comes to this, this point in chapter 9 where it's all about, uh, hey, so I'm coming back to be with you. And, and when I get there, I want you to know that, like, I'm going to have some friends with me. And they're from Macedonia, and I've been preaching all across Macedonia, and and I've been telling them what you said to me. So, like, I pray that that's still good, because I'm gonna look really, 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 really not so good whenever I get there. If you if you are not for real about that, so so that's that's the context. Y'all with me? Like that? That's what's happening in chapter nine. Chapter nine about confirming the pledge that was once made and saying like like hey, like like all right, so. So he gets to the very end of it, the very end of chapter 9, uh, and or the passage we read, which is as chapter 9 is beginning and closing, and he says uh, in verse 11, uh, through us, through what we do together, there's going to be a, a great thanksgiving to God that will result. Uh-huh. And, and, I, and I think that, that a big piece of that is his... Uh, Spiritual need to offer thanks to God because of their generosity. You know, they they, they did something magnificent, magnificently generous, and it was motivating and inspiring and, and, and it compelled the early church ministry in ways that 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 needed to take place. And so he had to give thanks to God. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, I give thanks to God for your generosity. That's where I feel like when digging into this passage I got to begin I got to begin with the end we'll come back to the beginning in a second and then we'll work back to the end but I want you to know I give thanks to God for your generosity I remember when you covenant were a baby church we're still a little like we're a toddler church still uh but we think we're really grown cuz we got a building but uh but I remember when you were a baby church covenant and you saw a need with our brothers and sisters in Book Vincent, Gona Haiti. And you saw the faithfulness of a church there that took orphans into homes because there was no orphanage for them. And I remember when you gathered together and raised funds to build an orphanage in Book Vincent, Gona Haiti, when you were still a baby church yourself. I give thanks to my God. For your generosity i remember a couple of years ago when we started casting vision for this facility and we started listening to the community we had the community tell us what they wanted and we had the congregation tell us what they wanted and we started mapping it all out and we were like oh this okay and uh and the, and the okay was because that was a price tag that was have you ever like looked at something that you wanted to buy and you saw the price and you're like okay and, all right now y'all not now y'all know what that was about so so that that was where we were we we, we we were we were still a portable church worshiping at timber creek turning the cafeteria into a space of worship a sanctuary lord god almighty every week portable church and i remember we decided that the lord god almighty told us we needed to raise two million dollars and the capital campaign consultant said you need to change your goal your goal should be lower not hot. it needs to be lower it, do you, am i the only one that i remember that i remember when he he told me he told me the goal needs to be lower and and i said i believe that the lord is going to work a miracle through the generosity of the people called covenant and i remember that it wasn't it wasn't one one ridiculous gift up top he told us if you want to raise two million you got to have you know, someone that gives $500,000. You got to have two people that give two hundred fifty. He told us exactly how to had to map out. It didn't map out that way at all. Mm-mm. It didn't map out that way at all. But because there were so many people convicted by the movement of the Spirit and the vision that God has set before us, together there were pledges for $2,043,000. I thank my God for you because of your generosity. Generosity causes a spiritual compulsion for thanksgiving. Like like when you see generosity, when you witness it, or when you experience it, or when you're generous yourself, you can't help but just be, oh, I'm thankful to God. Like, it just rises up in you and does a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so that happens in me all the time because of you. And I want you to know I'm thankful because of your generosity. I also want you to hear a central tenet to this scripture that Paul orients rightly by God's word is that generosity is central to righteousness. The generosity is, is a part of righteousness. That when we are in right relationship with God, we can't help but be generous. And when we are generous, there is evidence of our righteousness in our lives and in the fruit of our lives. Did y'all hear that passage? You see, and if you have your Bibles, uh, I hope that you kept it open because in, in verse 9, uh, there's this section that's kind of like uh, brought in a little bit. Uh, it's a quote, actually. And, and the quote says, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Many, if not most of your translations are probably going to say that he has freely scattered his gifts to the poor and his righteousness endures forever. If your Bible translates it that way, you're actually going to be misled into understanding who the he is there because you're probably going to, going to read that and you're going to think that this is about God. That God uh, scatters his, his, his bounty for the poor and, and that, that God's righteousness endures forever. And that is a true statement. God's righteousness does endure forever. Amen? Right, but, but God's righteousness endures forever and God calls us to a state of righteousness as well. This is a quote from the book of Psalms. Psalm. Uh, 112, and in this psalm, Psalm 112, uh, David records to us what righteousness looks like, and and he is basically describing a righteous man or a righteous woman over and over again, And, and one of the characteristics of a righteous person is that they will remain steadfast, They cannot be moved. They cannot be shaken. They will remain steadfast. And then it continues on in this passage that is quoted by Paul. And it says this, that that when you are righteous, you offer yourselves freely to those in need. And that will be an evidence of your righteousness forever. That it has life-changing and lifelong effects in this world Righteousness is central to generosity. Generosity is central to righteousness. And this is the harvest. It's a harvest in our lives. You see, Paul doesn't just make this quote also at the end of verse 10. uh, Whenever he's talking about what God is going to do is supplying seed for us, uh, supplying increase to our store, he also says, He's going to enlarge through your generosity. He's going to enlarge the harvest of our righteousness. The the, what God is doing through your righteousness. And and so I I want you to think about that for a moment. The harvest. There's harvest imagery woven through this entire passage. and, And it's about sowing and reaping and harvesting and and I think one of the things we, we, we are called compelled to ask as we read the scripture is 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 God, what is the harvest that you desire through me? What what are what are you calling me to be generous to? In what ways are you calling me to be generous? So that 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 as I'm generous, I, I know this 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 future that you are bringing into existence through the work that I'm participating in. Y'all understand the question? Is what harvest are you aiming at? I see Gavin over here. Gavin is one of the youth in the church, and he has an awesome herb garden. Okay? Hey, Gavin, if you want to harvest uh, basil, do you, plant, uh, do you plant rosemary? No. You're really smart. Everybody give Gavin a hand. Yeah. Okay. So so you don't harvest something that you don't plant, and you don't plant something you don't want to harvest. And so whenever you are being generous, you're thinking about the harvest of your righteousness. What is it that this act of generosity is is going to produce? And so with that question orienting our our thought, uh, uh, guiding our vision, I want us to look specifically at one verse that is a generosity how-to you ever wanted to know how to be generous, it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, in verse 7. If you have your Bibles, underline it, highlight it, circle it, star it, circle the star, and then put an asterisk next to it and say, this is important. Okay, so uh, some of you are thinking to yourselves, I don't know how to be generous. I've never been generous. This is how you do it. Some of you are thinking, I think I've been generous But I'm not quite sure. This is how you're generous. Some of you are thinking, I'm generous, and now you're going to test what God's Word is up against what you've been doing, and you're going to see if you've been doing it right or if you need to make some changes. How does that sound? All right, so uh, each of you, you is critical. Start there, underline it, okay? You, each of you, and if you're married, it should say y'all, okay? Okay? cuz I ain't trying to get I you know we're not breaking up any relationships here if it, if it if you married it's a y'all so each of you and I want you to hear this it's about you this isn't this isn't about me this isn't about this isn't about Adam this isn't about Madison this isn't about anyone else in the life of this church this is about you and you're going to begin this 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 discernment process as a personal spiritual discipline. One problem we get into, and when you reflect back on my story of the annual conference, is uh, this is not about what other people are doing. This is about what God has called you to do. Okay? So you have to be clear about it. Each of you. Each of you. Pull it back up on the screen for us. We're going to stay there. You can just leave it up, actually. That verse, verse 7. Each of you should give what you have decided. Back to that, what you have decided. That means that there's some discernment to be done. There's some considering to be done. There's some, there's some some digging in and looking at it and figuring it out. But it's not just ending there. It says, decided in your what? In your heart. Man, can y'all can y'all read? In what you've decided in your heart. Sometimes when we 're called to be generous, we can't get outside of the calculator uh, and all we could do is we could we could tabulate and we're trying to figure it out, and we're going to like, "This is my bill, this is my bill, this is my bill, this is what I have left there. I could be generous that's just me, okay, all right I'm gonna move on so so. Deciding what you're going to give, how you're going to be generous, it's a process, and sure, it takes head. You have to think about it, but it also is about the heart because God is going to move in your heart in a beautiful and profound way, in an unexpected way oftentimes, and it's going to result in a generosity that you couldn't have even fathomed. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart not reluctantly, and not under compulsion. If, if, if you're still reluctant, don't give yet. Have you ever had a pastor tell you not to give? If you're still reluctant, don't give yet. Seriously. It's not, it, it, if there's that hesitation, if the offering plate comes by and you're like, ah, don't give, put it back in, Nah. If, 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 you, if you hear on KSBJ that they're doing their annual gift drive and, and, and you pick up the phone and you're like, ah, don't give. Don't do it. Seriously. If you're still reluctant about giving, then you have not had a spiritual conviction that will result in a blessing. Remember, generosity, if done right, will always result in a blessing. And so we're going to do it right. And so we're going to know that it, it cannot be reluctant. We do not give reluctantly. We do not give out of hesitation. We give out of energy and joy and, and, and enthusiasm. Giving is enthusiastic. Man, I remember I, was in, I wasn't going to tell this story, but I have to tell this story. Uh, I was in Kenya worshiping. First time I'd ever been in Africa worshiping, and we were worshiping outdoors because there were so many people that didn't fit inside, and it was so hot that if we were inside, it'd be even hotter. And so we were outside, a little bit of breeze, and we're under a tree, and the sermon just took place, and then it was time for offering, and they had the offering, and they had a little makeshift altar there, and, and a cross, and a candle that, that blew out a long time ago because of a little bit of breeze, and then there were plates on the table, and they had an offering song, and let me tell you, everybody that gave danced as they gave. It was the most magnificent thing I've ever seen in my life. I wish every offering in every church was like it. But I know that you are too white uh, or too stuck, unfortunately, to have such joyful enthusiasm. When you give, it should be enthusiastic. You can't help but give because it's no longer reluctant. It's also not under compulsion. It's not because someone told you to. It's not because someone manipulated you to. It's not because that pastor earlier said, I'll give if they give. That's not how generosity works. You don't give because someone told you give. You give because the Lord invited you into that space, convinced your heart of it, and then you give enthusiastically. Because for... God loves a cheerful giver. For God loves a cheerful giver. You see, whenever we give, whenever we're generous, if we've uh, we've made this decision and we're giving uh, out of our heart's direction and we've decided to make this gift and we're not under compulsion and we're not reluctant, we will give we'll give what cheerfully that in and of itself is a blessing did you see how we did that <laughs> you cannot give generously and not receive a blessing if you do it right and every time you give generously You will be cheerful because God is moving powerfully in your life and that cheerfulness in and of itself is a blessing for you. Begin that work. Begin that work this day. Pray. Pray to God. God, I ask that you would open my heart to generosity in ways that I haven't even yet fathomed. Lord, direct my resources. Direct my generosity. Compel me by the power of your Spirit so that I will give with enthusiasm and joy and receive that God-sized blessing. Generosity is a spiritual discipline. It takes practice. But it always starts with the question, to God let's ask that question this week. Would you pray with me? Almighty God we do give you thanks and praise for uh, for having some instruction on how to on how to be generous Lord we, we don't really uh, always feel like we know how to do it and so uh, sometimes we ignore it or sometimes we we fall short of it because we uh, we don't feel like we have uh, been prepared for it or Well, we have a whole host of excuses. Convince us, we pray, oh God, that you uh, are ready to respond to us, that you have a word to speak to us and give us the, the energy, the desire, the passion, the conviction to ask you, what will you have of me? Direct my resources, direct our resources, direct the resources of the church, I pray. Lord, I thank you for the gift of generosity and the joy that it produces in my life and in the lives of each and every person in this space. Lord, I ask that you would be with us as we continue in worship, as we offer a portion of what you've given us to the kingdom-building work of your church. Lord, I ask that you would bless the gift and the giver alike in the space and the time. Lord, I ask that you would bless whoever gives this day with a cheerful heart. I ask that you would bless uh, these gifts to bear a harvest for your sake in the world. God, we pray it boldly in Jesus' name.